Welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we help growing companies, especially manufacturers, improve their people, process, and planning systems so they can scale smarter and faster. Joining me today from Sydney is Cody Butler. Cody is the founder of The Better Marriage and the creator of the Marriage Recovery Program that teaches couples how to repair restore, and rebuild intimacy, communication, and love in their marriage. His book, Cut the BS, A No-Nonsense Guide to Happiness, is a bestseller. Welcome, Cody. Thanks for having me on, Mike. This, for our regular listeners, know that this is a bit of a departure from our normal topics, but to some extent, it's not. Cody, prior to us uh, hitting the record button, I did a little bit looking into, and I simply Googled, business is all about relationships. And immediately, 746 million results popped right up. And why is it that, and I'm asking this rhetorically, why is it that when we think of relationships in business, there's some imaginary line between business and one's home life? between business and one's marriage. And in my professional experience in HR, I cannot count the number of times that when I'm working with employees, what I learn all too often is that if there are issues at work, all too often those issues originate from home. And that applies from the maintenance floor all the way up to the C-suite. So I just think this would be an excellent topic for us to to discuss. And all that to say, um, there's many things we can talk about because you have quite the expertise. But let's just jump right in. One of the first questions I'd like to ask you, Cody, is what might be the only reason that relationships actually change? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Mike. And the, the answer to that is really profoundly simple. I think everything is, uh, the, the, the secret to everything, it's, it's simplicity, but it's on the far side of complexity. So we have to go all the way through complex to arrive back at simple. And, and the answer to that question is relationships change because we change. Mm. Relationships change is because we, we change the behavior that fundamentally built the relationship. So a good example would be when you meet your husband or wife, you behave a certain way, you're, you're, you're a salesman, right? You're a saleswoman, you, you're doing a sales job on them. You're trying to convince them that they should go out with you, then they should date you, then they should date you again. And you're behaving in a certain way and that behavior is attractive to the other person. But once the sale is made, so to speak, and the deal is closed, then nine times out of 10 or more often than should be, that behavior then changes. And what we're actually attracted to as human beings, it's behavior attracted to behavior in other people and repulsed by behavior in other people it's if i behave well towards you mike you're gonna we're gonna have a great interview and you may even invite me back if i behave poorly you're you're not gonna like me you're not gonna have very nice stuff to say it's behavior that it's going to build the relationship and the reason relationships change is because we change and our behavior changes both romantically and in business as well as a matter of fact so you described that the only reason that relationships change is because we change, namely our behavior changes. When one starts a marriage, that's a pretty significant change. And I know that you and you, your team work with couples on marriage. 
what do you find prompts an individual or a couple to reach out to you most frequently? It's usually a breakdown of communication. So it, it, it's too much fighting, not enough communication and not enough intimacy. These, these are the three main challenges that, that the couples are facing. To put, it very cute, to put it very bluntly, women want to talk more, men want to have sex more, and uh, nobody wants to fight. Mm. That is, that's kind of reducing it. I, I can almost see why you named your book Cut the BS, <laughs> A No-Nonsense Guide to, to Happiness. Would you repeat that one more time? Yeah, so, so fundamentally in, in a relationship, women want to talk more, mm -hmm. men want to have sex more, and both of them want less fighting. So the women are not getting enough communication, the men are not getting enough physical intimacy and sex, and, and there's too much fighting going on. So th these are the three issues that are almost always, always present outside of sort of, you know, the abusive situation or the outliers. This is 99% of, of marriage breakdowns are going to fall into this, this category of, of problems. So if one or all three of those are kind of triggers, um, give us a little bit of a sense of kind of how you would help them begin to address one or all of those issues. Do you typically start with one of those topics more frequently? Yeah, so, so communication is the key to everything. So if, 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 if you want more sex, you've got to be a better communicator. If you want to fight less, you've got to be a better communicator. And if you want more communication, guess what? Hmm. You've got to be a better communicator, right? It, if, if you want more communication and the other person is not want to talk, wanting to talk to you, you've got to, you've got to look at why. And quite often it's because it, it's too painful, right? We, we're only motivated by two things as human beings, and that is the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain. And quite often communication just becomes too painful. It, it, you make an effort to communicate and that's punished or that's put down or that uh, instead of validating and building up, it puts down and, and negates, invalidates. So over a period of time, the communication just becomes too painful to even attempt anymore. And of course, that's where the communication stops, then the sex stops, and then the fighting begins because nobody's getting what they want out of the relationship at that point, and everybody's frustrated. So the key really is you, you, you've got to make communication safe. You've got to create an environment where you're able to speak and you're able to speak freely and you're not you're not going to be put down immediately and it's not going to affect some kind of core need that you have like your significance is going to get beaten up right we, we can often speak to our spouses and we get spoken to in such a way that invalidates us and destroys core needs such as significance and our sense of self-importance which is absolutely essential for for our happiness and well-being so we've got to lay a foundation and we've got to create some rules to where communication becomes safe again or too often if communication has stopped it's it's become it's stopped because it's become painful and the reason it's become painful is because there's no safety in the ability to communicate anymore in that relationship you put such emphasis on the power of communication and and our work with clients when companies survey their employees as to what is their biggest complaint about the company, the number one answer that we see all too often is poor communication. So I, I see that in the business setting. You mentioned that it's the behavior. We change when we go into a marriage. Sometimes those expectations kind of go with that. When a couple is newly married, kind of walk us through, what is that process most typically like? Where do things start to kind of go 
awry and about what point do you see that oftentimes happening? So, so a lot of times when, when I say we change and that causes the problems, it, obviously we have to change. We have to, we have to continue to, to grow. It's not like, you know, to, to behave as though you were dating when you're married is completely inappropriate. Let, let me make that clear. It's completely inappropriate to do that. There has to be change. Hmm. But at the same time, there has to be a resemblance of what's familiar as well. So for example, my wife and I, we met as musicians. So she was a vocalist, I was a guitar player, and we came together through the field of music. And we used to go out playing music at night and we made our living together doing that. And uh, it was a big, big part of our life. But then of course, kids come along, we get married, we have kids come along. And all of a sudden, music's not a part of our life anymore. Hmm. So we've got the part of our life where we actually came together, where we fell in love, where where the passion and the sparks and all of the all of those good emotions were formed all of a sudden if we're not careful if we're not if we don't carefully craft that aspect of our life back into our life it can just disappear and of course you just go well it's too busy we're too busy we've got kids we can't do this we can't do that but then you've got to prioritize right as, as a young couple you've got to prioritize and say okay what's important here and, and to be honest mike it's like uh, there's a lot there's a lot of examples of this from the Bible to getting on an airline. Jesus, Jesus said if the physician was to get sick, who would heal the physician? Mm. You, if you get on an airline, the first thing they tell you is if, if something happens, put your mask on first. Yes, because you have you have to protect yourself. If, if, if you go down, then you're no good to anybody. Right. And we get into these relate. We get into marriage and we forget that and we start to get focused on the other person or we start to get focused on the kids or we start to get focused on the job. Or in my case, I started a business when we got married and started to get focused on the business and stuff like that. And, and before we know it, we're focused on everything but ourselves and focused on the things that are important. And we start to forget the things that made us fall in love with each other. So you've really got to guard that. You've really got to protect that. And you've got to, routine is the key to making this work. You've got to build that into your routine. You described that your marriage started with a relationship that centered around music and that was kind of the context in which y'all interacted presumably you got married you began having children how many children do you have three children mike and what are their genders or male yeah or male that's what i thought um we are the proud parents of three sons and <laughs> you mentioned about children what is it about children in what ways let's start with in what ways do children enhance a marriage so that so they give a, a something to protect together they give common cause where there's little mm. argument we're going to protect our children we're going to do what's in the best we're going to do what's in the best interest of our children we can always find common ground in our children it, it's common ground it's always going to be there and and it's uh we're not going to argue that we both have our children's best interest at heart and we're going to we're going to do the best for our children whether that involves our finances whether that involves our time whether that involves whatever resource that we have we're not going to argue so uh, the best part from the marriage perspective is it does bring some some very solid common ground to the relationship that's a great point now the flip side of that having a child in an in a marriage in what ways does that potentially change the marriage or potentially negatively impact the marriage well, it's like the, the airline situation, right? We're in an emergency situation and the masks have come down and both parents are putting the masks on their kids. So you can get too focused on those kids and it's like the, the, uh, the marriage is not about those children. The, the, the marriage is about 
you and your wife or you and your husband. It's like now those children are critical and they, they have to be given every attention, but it's like you can't make the child or the children the focus of your marriage. Your wife or your husband has to remain that focus or else that they're just going to nobody's getting their needs met at that point. And you can stay in a situation for so long without getting your needs met, but eventually you're either going to leave or you're just going to, you're just going to wither away and you're going to fade away and you're going to be a fraction of the person that you once were. And your, your, your partner will just be a spiritless shell of who they once were really mm. is the danger. You know, we've talked a little bit about the importance of getting off to a good start in marriage, that the, the power of recognizing that what brought you together needs to keep you together, but then life happens, distractions occur, and things start to kind of go awry. Earlier, I kind of asked, what are the things that kind of prompt people to reach out to you? Um, in terms of the nature of your work, can you describe how do you help individuals and couples? In what ways? So really, really in, in, in the, uh, as we mentioned earlier on, the three major problems are communication, intimacy, and, and fighting. So it, it's alleviating all three of those problems. So those are the three main areas. So it's like, first thing we want to do is we've got to stop the fighting. We've got to stop, mm. we, we've got to stop the bickering, the fighting. That has to stop. We've got to, we've got to triage the situation and we, we've got to get this marriage off of life support and into some kind of stable state. And it's like, as long as the fighting is going on, as long as there's no mechanism to stop that fighting, then no, nothing else is going to happen really. So step one is like giving a mechanism to stop the fighting. Okay. That's the first step. The second step is given a framework of communication. So the, the framework that I like to use, Mike, is approaching it from this perspective, assuming that there's no major structural issues within the marriage, infidelity, abuse, stuff like that. As long as, assuming it's just a, we love each other, we just don't know how to live together situation. We love each other, we just don't know how to make this work, but we want to. Then the framework that I like to approach the situation with is, is one of, if I've, if I've hurt you, I'm sorry if you've hurt me, you're forgiven. Can we move forward from this point? Mm. So traditional therapy is, want to get, is going to want to go way back into the past and discuss a lot of issues. And I'm just like, well, you had a fight when it first happened. You've had a fight every single time it's been brought up. And, and here's the situation, right? You don't even remember what happened. The, the mind distorts, deletes, and erases, basically. You only... You, nobody remembers what happened on that day anymore all, all we're left with is our stories about what happened and, and very few facts remain maybe one percent of the actual event remains in your mind so can we just approach it from the perspective of if i was wrong i'm sorry if you were wrong i forgive you i love you can we move forward and, and, and create uh some level ground to move forward on there's, there's no need to assign blame or or any any of that stuff it's just like okay look no no one's cheated on anybody nobody's beaten anybody we love each other if, if you're wrong, you're forgiven. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. And, and that's a great place. If couples can do that, it, it provides a level playing field to move forward. And then it's like, right, here's, here's the problem. Every time we talk, we fight. So mm. we need a framework. We need, to, we need to throw away the communication styles that you currently have or is currently being used. And we need to put a framework in place where there's rules. A, it needs to be safe. B, there needs to be rules. And C, we've got to throw out the how you've been communicating we've got to bring something new in because what you're doing just isn't working and that's the starting point you mentioned that just creating an environment by which fighting is properly 
uh, address oftentimes is a excellent starting point. But you also said that what you try to do is work with couples to kind of create a new framework that it would be new behavior. Absolutely. And in terms of what that would be, this would be behavior to in what in what ways are is there behavior being encouraged to change? Is it okay, communication? Yeah, Yes, yes, yes. Great, great question. So the thing to understand is is transformation doesn't come about by exposure to information. Transformation comes from radically seeking out and implementing new behavior. Mm. It's it's radically seeking out and implementing new behavior. So I would say if you're listening, if you're listening to this interview today, just pick one thing. It's like you can listen to the whole thing and maybe maybe you go, well, that sounds good. Maybe you don't, but hopefully you do. But just pick one little thing and go, I'm going to implement this into the relationship. So the behaviors that we're looking at, there's four behaviors that are absolutely catastrophic to a relationship. If these behaviors are present, you are not going to have a happy marriage. You okay. might stay married, but you're not going to have a happy marriage. And, and, and research shows that the chances of divorce are very, very high. So these behaviors are, uh, and this is going to be very valid in business as well. The number one behavior that is the cause of major, major problems in, in marriage is escalation. Okay. The habit of escalation. So, and it, that does exactly what it says on the can, right, Mike? It's escalating situations. So with all of these behaviors, there's the yin and the yang. So it's very obvious for us to see the, the damage that escalation does. So a lot of times we can start out, a couple will start out and they'll have a very small altercation with each other. It may just be a little snarky comment or somebody may hear something wrong. Yes. But then the other person escalates it and then they escalate it back and then they escalate it back. And this, this is 99% of arguments within a marriage. How, how many arguments have you had in the last 10 years that were worth having is my question. <laughs> yeah, very fair question. And if my wife is listening, and I trust she will be, you're spot on. Um, uh, so there, the first thing, first behavior that, that you help with clients is escalation. So flipping that around. So it's like I say, when you ask the question, how many arguments have you actually needed to have over the last 10 years? The answer for the most part is, is zero, maybe one or two, right? So mm-hmm. it's escalation that's caused all those fires. Now, the, the, the key there is to flip that around and the behavior that we're looking for, obviously, is de-escalation. So okay. if, if, we, if, we can, if we can depart from the habit of escalating situations and we can build the habit of de-escalation, well, what do you think that's going to do for your relationship? If you, if you become a person who de-escalates, if you become a manager who de-escalates, if you become a CEO who de-escalates, if you're somebody who, po- who throws water on fire, not gasoline, well, what, what, you know, it's very self-explanatory, I think, what that's going to do for every aspect of your relationship in every aspect of life. Yes. The second, the, the second behavior, which is incredibly destructive, which kind of fuels the first behavior of escalation, is negative interpretation. Negative interpretation? Yes, negative interpretation. So that's negatively interpreting your spouse's behavior. Okay. So a lot of times, sorry, go on, Mike. So you're about to explain negative interpretation. That term might be something you might need to explain. Yeah. At least for me. (laughs) So so I'll give you an example. This is just a a made-up example. Uh, My wife's parents live about seven hours from here, and she asked me the other day, I'd like to go, you know, can we go see my parents in, in, in May? It's beginning of May, right? Can we go see my parents in the beginning of the May, in beginning of May? And I might say, May's not a good time, sweetheart. 
May's not a good time. And that might be because I've got a, I've got a lot of stuff on at work, or maybe the finances are not great to support that. I mean, there's a hundred reasons, right? But in her yes. mind, she might go, she might say something like, you just don't like my parents. Mm. That's a negative interpretation of the situation. Yes. Now, if she goes, you just don't like my interpretation. Well, what is that? That's an escalation, right? That's now going to escalate. And I go, that that's just simply not true. I, I, I think your parents are great. And so you'll say, well, well, then why did this happen at Christmas? And it's like, okay, so negative interpretation is now very quickly rolled over into escalation. And now we're off to the races. Mm. And before you know it, we're going to fight for three weeks. So that, that's, the, that's the second uh, really negative, ne- negative habit, neg- negative behavior. It's like, you've got to look for the best. This is your soulmate. This is the person that you've uh, invited into your life to spend the rest of the life, the rest of your life with. This is the father or the mother of your children. This is the person yeah. that, that you are going to go through everything in life with. And we've got to get in the habit of thinking the best of that person. We've got to get in the habit of thinking well of that person. And again, I asked the question to, to make this point when I'm working with couples, did it, I said, do either of you, have you, either of you ever woken up in the morning and, and gone, I'm just going to hurt my partner's feelings today. Mm. Have any, have either of you woken, ever woken up and gone, I'm, I'm going to be a real, what today and cause a lot of problems in this relationship today and never has anybody said yes and then i asked them individually i said do you believe that your partner has ever woken up in the morning and said to themselves i'm going to call, cause problems in this relationship today i'm going to cause and of course the answer is no so i'm like from that foundation there where, where this person has never done that or is never going to do that any problem is simply coming out of a negative interpretation yeah you're negatively terp- interpreting what's going on. So anytime you feel attacked, anytime you feel provoked, anytime you feel the need to respond, respond hostily, hostile, uh, hostile or, or aggressively, stop and ask yourself, am I interpreting this situation negatively? And what can I do to flip that around? How can I turn this into a positive interpretation and deescalate? This so now if we're, if we're flipping this around and we're going, I'm now in the habit of, of, of positive interpretation. I'm in the habit of thinking the best of my partner and I'm in the habit of de-escalation. 99% of the problems are now gone out of the relationship. Hmm. 99% of the problems are gone. It's, we, can, we can get to the point again of the of, of base foundation saying, okay, well, if we, do, if, if, if we do interpret negatively and we do escalate, well, can we then go back to, if I've hurt you, I'm sorry. If you've hurt me, you're forgiven. And can we just pull this back very, very quickly? Yes. So that's, that's the second one. The, the third catastrophic, catastrophic, can't talk, catastrophic habit is invalidation. Mm. It's invalidation. It's invalidating our partner's needs, invalidating our, invalidating our partner's uh, opinions. And this is very insidious, and very insidious and it's very difficult because we don't know we're doing it a lot of times. You, you, I can say... Uh, Mike, you hurt my feelings, and and you go, well, no, I didn't, Cody. It's like that's just invalidated my feelings, right? It's like whether you hurt my feelings or not is completely irrelevant. Yes. If if I feel that my feelings have been hurt, to say that they weren't hurt is an invalidation of those feelings. And it's 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 very insidious, particularly for women. Women find that much more offensive than men. Hmm. And a man will invalidate a woman's feelings much more than, 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 than the other way around. A woman will say, because a woman's much more touchy-feely, right? A woman's operating more on, on a woman's very uh, emotionally based. A man is very logically based. Yes. 
a man a man will make decisions based on statistics, numbers, facts, and figures. A woman will make a, make a, a decision based on how she feels. Mm-hmm. And in her emotional state, if a woman says that hurt my feelings or I, something along those lines, that's her emotional response. But a man will a man will immediately go to the logic and say facts, figures, stats, and statistics. No, I didn't. So now we've got an invalidation situation. And of course, this is where the, uh, all of these start to roll into each other again. And now we're, now we're having negative interpretations. Now we're having escalations and, and we're sleeping in different rooms for a few nights. Can I take a time out and just point out, um, <laughs> this is a classic example. I asked you to begin describing the framework you use. That's a very logical question. I'm looking for walk me through as yes. an analytical person, the framework, but it could very well have been, I would have been asking a question less about the framework and more about the, um, the emotional side, the feeling side of relationship building. Um, that, so this is, I had a laugh at myself. I'm sitting here taking notes about your framework, um, just modeling what you just said in real time. You've shared uh, escalation and de-escalation, the negative interpretation versus um, positive to uh, go from invalidation to validation. What is that fourth step of the framework that you use? So the, the, the fourth problematic behavior is withdrawal. Okay. So when we look at the, pro- the problem there, so withdrawal can be a good thing. So I, I encourage people to have set plays. So the, the best way to recover from an argument is to not have it in the first place. So, so with my wife, for example, and, and you have to do this ahead of time, right? You have to do this ahead of time. She knows that when things get really heated between us or things are getting heating, heated between us and my uh, intelligence is going down. So there's a direct uh, intelligence and... Uh, Emotion are inversely proportional. So the higher the level of emotion, the lower level of intelligence. Mm. That's why when we have a massive fight, the next day we go, what was I thinking? Why did I say that? Well, the answer was you weren't thinking because the emotional levels were so high. The intelligence levels had dropped down to a little better than my five-year-olds. And now we have no emotional intelligence whatsoever. So you have to understand that when emotion goes up, intelligence goes down. And you've got to understand when you're not fit to be on the battlefield. So my wife knows that uh, I will walk out. I'll walk out the door. But I tell her ahead of time, I say, when I, when I walk out, I'm, com- I'm not walking out. I'm coming back. I'm, yes. I'm protecting the relationship because it's going to be a lot easier for me to explain in an hour why I walked out than it is to explain what I'm about to say. I see. So that's very positive withdrawal. So it's having those set plays to where once you recognize that it's emotional intelligence. It's, it's about being an adult, right? It's having the emotional intelligence to know when we're going to snap and when we're no longer in control. Now, I would love to say I'm the Buddha. I would love to say I'm, I'm you know, the, the, the Tao of marriage, but I'm like everybody else and I'm a human being and my wife can wind me up. My kids can wind me up. I can get tired. I can get hungry just like everybody else. So having those set plays to where you know, you, you're able to recognize emotionally that I'm about to lose control and this is about to get nasty, have that set play to walk out. Yes. Or have that set play to leave or have, have a prearranged understanding with your partner to say, okay, 
when one or both of us are about to become emotionally unintelligent, here's the set play. Because at the end of the day, Mike, it's set plays that win games. We don't, we don't want to be getting into a situation where we're highly emotionally charged, very unintelligent emotionally, and then having the freedom to speak whatever we want to speak to the person we love the most. It's just not a good situation. So having- I love that set plays that wins the games. And that is right. the plays are, are set in advance. And you basically, if I understand correctly, in the scenario you just described, is that you and your wife have established that you know that you might escalate things quickly. And therefore, you have found that sometimes, let me just take a timeout and then come back and redress that. That in of itself is a set play. Am I hearing that correctly? That's a set play. Absolutely. That's, we know what, when we get to the point where escalation is inevitable, when one or both of us has lost emotional control of ourselves, when that, when that point arrives, I, I need to recognize that there, there are physical symptoms. My face starts to get red. The anger starts to well up inside of me. I start to, we, we, all, we all know what it's like when I feel, I feel the demon coming up. It's like, that's when I've got to say something like, you know, the set player has got to be triggered by like, this is bananas. If I say this is bananas, my wife needs to know that she does not need to be, be between me and the door. She knows that regardless of how hard it might be to let me leave at that point, that's what she's going to do because we've talked about this and she knows that in, I, I'm leaving because I'm protecting the relationship and I love her. I'm not leaving because I'm walking out on the relationship and I don't love her. Now you got to be careful here because if you just do this, if you just, if you just walk out in the heat of an argument that that can be, that's abandonment. Ah. And that's not creating a, that's not creating a safe, loving environment to, to, protect the other person that's just abandoning them at a very bad time this is why this has to be a set play it can't just be done in the moment and have having a word like this is bananas or uh, peanut butter crackers or something like that whatever it is that when you say that it's like right we're going to time out and we're going to reconvene in an hour or when, whenever i feel like this is going to be uh my emotional levels are going to drop then we're going to be able to talk about this at a reasonable level cody this is fascinating in so many different levels. Um, we've talked thus far about the criticality of both partners coming together to uh, acknowledge there's an issue and to express a willingness to work on uh, the issue. And you've kind of walked us through the framework you use um, to help couples. Can a relationship be fixed if one of the partners has already kind of checked out? It sure, I, it sure can. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, we, we can't, you know, we're not doing voodoo witch doctor stuff here. We don't, we're not spot casting spells on the other person. If the other person's checked out and they're just hell bent on not coming back, there's, there's not much you can do about that. But there's certainly uh, a lot you can do as an individual where if, if your partner is just at the point where they're like, I've heard this one time too many. I've heard you say you're going to change too many times. I've, I've dealt with this too many times. This is just too much. And they, they've checked out of the relationship in that respect. Then absolutely, the, the, there's a lot you can do as an individual in terms of working on yourself mm. that can, once again, make you attractive in that relationship situation. Because at, at the end of the day, you, you've got to be attractive to the other person. And if the other person is checked out of the relationship, well, guess what? It's because you become unattractive to them. You've, you've changed your behavior in, in, in a way away from what was attractive to them in the first place. And by becoming attractive 
by becoming an attractive person, then that is going to give you your best and only chance of bringing them back. If you're an attractive person and they're not attracted to you, then, then move on. Right. And I, and I always tell people, women, especially become the best version of yourself. If you become the best version of yourself and your partner can't love the best version of you, then they can't love you. Yes. Because there's nothing more than the best version of you. So the focus really is don't worry about that person. They're, they're dealing with their own challenges in life right now. Let them deal with their own challenges in life and we'll be there for them whenever they ask for help. But until they ask for help, they're going to, have to, they're going to have to walk this path alone. But in the meantime, become the best version of yourself because when you do that, A, you're going to give, if they can't love the best version of you, they can't love you. And, and if the worst case happens where you have to leave this relationship, you're going back into the world, the best possible version of yourself to where you've got the best chance of living a happy life, basically. I think that perfectly illustrates how your work with individuals plays into working with couples. And that is, if in your work with individuals, you help them become the best version of themselves, it increases the likelihood that the relationship can be um, improved upon. You know, Cody, I think the theme of our podcast uh, is get unstuck and on target. In many respects, the question I ask of all guests, you've asked, you've already answered time and time again, um, but you may have another example where yeah. either you or a client got stuck. And could you just share, what did it take to get unstuck? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And look, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a marriage master, but for the point of, the, for the point of this example, it's like, I've gone from complete marriage disaster to marriage master. The reason that I've become successful at relationships is because I was really bad at relationships. And as I said at the beginning, only two things motivate you, pursuit of pleasure, avoidance of pain. And I was in a lot of pain. I was really in a lot of pain. So I was pursuing uh, how to have successful relationships. And uh, my wife and I, when we first married, the first three or four years was really, really, really challenging. Mm. And uh, I brought a lot of issues to that relationship. I brought alcohol issues. I brought drug issues. Uh, I, I, it's a long story, but I, I won't go into it all now for the sake of time. But I, I came to that marriage. By the time we got married, I was not in very good condition. Yes. And I wasn't a very good husband. And, and she, the only reason we made it was because she stayed with me for, for the first three or four years. She really lived up to her commitment for better or for worse. And it was for, for worse for her for those years. And uh, I went to a few different counselors just just to appease her and i just played games with them basically i just went there to buy myself some time but finally i went to a a, a counselor for a, i went to a new counselor mm -hmm. and we sat there for about 10 minutes and he goes i'm just going to stop you cody he goes there's no hope for this relationship there's just no hope he goes i'm not going to waste your time i'm not going to take your money there's just there's there's no hope for you mm. and i was like what what and he goes, there's just, there's no hope. Look at you. He's like, you know what he goes, what's causing the problems in the relationship? Like, oh, the, the drinking and the drugs. And he's like, how long have you known that for? I'm like, oh, oh for four years. Gonna, and you've had four years and you haven't stopped. Hmm. You've known that's the problem for four years and you haven't stopped. I'm like, yeah. He goes, okay. All right. And he goes, what, what, what else? What, what else? What else have you done in the last four years to fix this problem, Cody? And I go, oh, he goes, yeah, four years of you knowing what the problem is, four years of, of, of you knowing and you've done absolutely nothing to fix it. He goes, you show me the hope. 
you show me where the hope is. And I was like, man, I was like, no, there is hope. There is hope. But to cut the long story short, what changed there was that he gave me the gift of losing her for the first time in my life. I actually losing her was real. I didn't think she'd leave. I didn't think she'd leave. I thought I'd just play games with this guy. I thought she'd put up with me. And for the first time in my life, he put it in such a brutal there's no hope for you and I'm not going to waste your time and I'm not going to take your money because there's no hope for this marriage. Let this girl go and live a good life. Stop being a dickhead and let this girl live a good life. It's like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, no, it snapped me out of it. It's like he gave me the gift of losing her without actually losing. And that's what got me unstuck. The thought of losing her became more painful than the thought of getting off the drugs, getting off the alcohol, changing my ways and modifying my behavior that just being able to see losing her was more painful than all of that stuff. So he gave me that gift and that's what got me unstuck. Cody, I, I really appreciate your openness on that very question. And the beauty of the phrase, he gave me the gift of losing her, is that he was able to, maybe for the first time, make it clear to you how important that relationship is and that that was where the... that was a turning point for your relationship. That's a very powerful, thank you for sharing that. He made, he made me choose between the life I was living and her. Mm. He, made, he made me make a choice and I'd never, up until that point, I was living under the delusion that I could have both. I could have the, my, my, my ways, which were not good, and I could have her as well. And he, he made me, he brought it to a point in such a skillful way that he made me make that choice. You can have this or you can have her, but you can't have both, Cody. Cody, as you kind of reflect on our conversation, what do you hope are takeaways for our listeners? That there is hope. That that's the, that's the main thing, that there, is, that there is hope, regardless of what situation that you're in right now. There, there is hope. You can redeem the situation, particularly if, if both of you love each other and you want to make this work, you just don't know how, you, you, you're in a good place. That, that's all that it requires initially is you both have to want to make it work and you both love each other. If that is present, do not give up. Do not give up on this relationship. Do not give up, give up on the marriage because I can absolutely 100% assure you that you can make this work. And not only can you make it work, you can bring it to a place of passion, joy, happiness, a place where you want to hang out and something that you can be really proud of and you can actually help other people as well moving forward. So never give up is, is, the, is the advice that I would give people that are in a situation that's less than ideal right now. So beautifully said, Cody, I'm confident that the people who are listening would want to learn more. What's the best way for them to connect with you online? So we, we, we offer a, a, a five-day Reboot Your Marriage Challenge where you can okay. spend five, five days with us where we're just going to go into this in a lot more detail. Mm -hmm. Completely free. There's no, there's no fees involved at all. So we're just, it's five days where we go into this. Uh, bettermarriage.com.au is another place or codybutler.com. These, the, these are the three places that uh, you can interact with us from just curious to take a little bit of action to take a lot of action. We will include each of those uh, in the show notes so that if you want to reach out, um, you have an easy way to do that. I might also point out uh, Cody has a Facebook group entitled Marriage Therapy that has over 130,000 
members. So clearly uh, what Cody has to share is resonating with a lot of people. I am going to take a little time out here and just point out this topic is not the normal topic that we would uh, try to address in this podcast. So I'd like to hear from our listeners. If you like what we've discussed and you want to hear more, let me know because this was a little bit of something new for me, but personally, this has been very, very rewarding. I want to thank you very much for sharing. Uh, we are recording this uh, podcast on a Monday morning, eight o'clock in the morning for me, but a 10 o'clock at night for Cody and for you to give up sleep time and or family time uh, to be with me and to share what you share with our listeners. I just simply want to say thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate you you having me on. And hopefully, hopefully there's someone out there that will find this helpful. I'm confident there will be. I also want to thank our this, our listeners, the listeners who tune into this to podcast. We upload the latest episode to Apple, Google, and Spotify every Thursday. So if you've enjoyed this episode with Cody, please subscribe so you can learn from other great guests like him. If you are a business and you're growing quickly and you're worried that you don't have the right people and processes in place to handle that increased workload, or maybe you aren't sure that you've got the right planning systems to assure success, if that is the case, if that's yes, let's talk. Head to our website, bench-builders.com, to schedule a quick call. We're going to explore ways to help you solve those nagging problems so you can scale faster and smarter. So I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you have picked up on some tips from Cody that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.